0: How do you even make friends as an adult? Are are we adults? We'll fact check that later. (laughs) Hey
1: friends and welcome to our final episode of this season. We are here. I am Amy. I'm here with Rachel and we are again talking about making friends as adults. We are approaching this in a feel like it's an unconventional way just randomly pulling of a jar to ask each other again we want you to be part of this conversation and so if there is an answer to a question or sorry if we're talking about something and you have an answer that you think is interesting or you want to share drop it in the comments if you're on youtube if you're listening to the podcast shoot us an email we want to hear what you have to say as well if there's a question that you want to ask us if there is you know anything that you want us to just talk about as an interesting topic definitely send it to us again we want you to be part of this conversation so without further ado Rachel grab that jar no pressure don't say it too loud
0: my son will come busting in with something to be drumming on (laughs) meal is the word that I have written on this piece of paper I can only assuming assume we're saying like favorite meal or like maybe what's the best meal you ever had I think we did like what was the best dessert you've ever had but like The best meal you've ever eaten, or
1: that's a hard one,
0: it is because I like food, yeah. (laughs) So, like, unless you've really screwed up, you're gonna have a hard time, like, okay, or what's the worst meal you've ever eaten?
1: Well, I hope my sister in law doesn't ever listen to this podcast. Um, one time when Eric and I were like just dating, like, super fresh um he had come back from some gig in the states um and he had driven a rental car because it like their flight got canceled or something so a couple of guys from toronto hopped in a car they drove themselves back and eric had to return the car the next day um to union station which is like a big sort of Mm -hmm. hub downtown um and so that night we were going to one of my friend's birthday parties and his sister happened to be having a shindig at their house as well. And so I kind of met him there cause he had the car and he was going to take me to my friend's birthday party. And while we were there, his sister made us hamburgers. Um, and so whatever we had dinner, we had a little nap cause we were tired. Um, and then we headed off to this party and there was like a 2 hour line to get in it was like this club she really liked it so fine whatever we finally get in and we're just like sweating like i did not feel good he did not feel good i was like okay like we just waited in a line for 2 hours i hugged her and was like i need to go <laughs> like i need to go right now um and we were just violently ill <laughs> for the entire night he still had to return that car and so like we were brand new like i was so embarrassed but like he went to return the car i had to hold onto his suitcase that he had for some reason um And I just remember sitting on the floor, which is ew, sitting on the floor in Union Station, just being like, please do not die. Please do not die. Because like, again, I can't throw up. Right. I I need to throw up so bad. Like, please don't let me just like faint on this disgusting floor. And so he came back, literally like drags me up off the floor his sister gave us food poisoning. No one else at the party was sick because it was one of those, like everyone's gonna crash on the floor ragers. So everyone else had consumed so much alcohol that they were absolutely fine. Eric and I were like deathly ill for multiple days. So she's actually coming back into town in a couple of weeks um, and she's having like a big party for all the cousins. Um, and I think that's really fun. But I keep asking, like, is she going to be making hamburgers because then I'm bringing a sandwich? Like, is she making hamburgers because then I'm bringing a sandwich? <laughs> like,
0: I'm, what is she I'm making? suddenly a vegetarian. I don't know if you know this now. I will not be eating anything
1: that you prepare for. Oh, sorry. I ate 14 sandwiches on the way here and I don't eat anything else. <laughs> like, That would be my worst one, I think my favorite meal, I can't pick like a favorite meal. I think I really like like Christmas dinner, Mm. like with all the trimmings, like it has to be Turkey and gravy and like stuffing. Um, so like all these things, like it just, it's my family really likes traditions. So like everything has a ritual around it. Um, when my youngest sister and I, um, were much younger, I was like first or second year university, she would have been like four or five, um, my mom got her this little zoo animal like pom pom pipe cleaner, you could like build different animals and she and I have always been a little bit out of the box, <laughs> and we very much like egg each other on, and so we decided we were just going to make turkeys, and we made 12 turkeys. <laughs> and we set them up with like a Barbie table, and like they were having a little Christmas dinner, it was like a little, like my parents don't have like a nativity scene, and so we made them their own little tableau, Um, and we thought it was the funniest thing ever, um that we had like a little Barbie turkey, so we put the Barbie turkey on the table, and then we had like one empty seat, and then we made like a little speech bubble for one of the turkeys being like, does anyone seat, Frank? <laughs> like, which was like weird humor for how young she was but like she also thought this was hilarious it's like I raised her or something um pun intended but like it's just all of these rituals like every single holiday we bring these stupid turkeys out they're like 15 years old now (laughs) like we've had them for a long time we have like suspended them from the chandelier and like a little Santa's reindeer display like we Enjoy them a lot. And so our whole family, like our entire childhoods, just revolve around everything being the same all the time. I didn't realize at the time that that was probably like a trauma response where everything has to be always exactly the same. Um, But like just sort of having those things all in place definitely feels like my favorite meal. One year for, um, I think it was Easter, my parents had to go visit my stepdad's mom like she was sick or something so they were just going to check on her and it happened to be easter weekend and so my mom like my mom and I, like all of our clan were in their minivan for six and a half hours driving from ottawa to toronto and she came home and she decided to make like one of those spiral hands my sister and i my sister's five years younger than i so she like just, she just turned 30 i'm 35 we still refer to it as that time mom made ham for easter <laughs> because it was not the tradition. And my mom was like, Well, I didn't have like hours and hours and hours to make you a turkey. What did you want us to do? And we're
0: like, Well, we wanted turkey because that's like we just canceled Easter. <laughs> we wanted you Easter. to have hours and yeah, hours.
1: You, you can't have Easter with it. Like, we well, would just do it tomorrow then. We would just move Easter. Like, you just, you can't just cop out and make a ham. Um, So, this is one of the things that I kind of get into Eric's family about because they don't do stuffing that's not Estonian tradition. They don't do um, a lot of the stuff that I'm used to. And so, the first year that the Coco Roer hit, I think it was my favorite Christmas ever. Cause we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And so it was just Eric and I, for the first time, it's usually like a 45 person affair. It was just the two of us for the first time ever. And I made every single thing from my childhood. So like we had stuffing and we had like this special like potatoes and we had, like I made us like a little tiny chicken, like best meal I've ever had. You know, that was the one best meal I've ever had. And like, we like made little appetizers and we felt like we were so fancy in our pajamas eating these appetizers. (laughs) Like, I think that that actually might be my favorite meal ever is the only Christmas that we've ever had just the two of us. Mm -hmm. Um, because I made everything. I made everything that was right. The only thing that I didn't have was the stupid little turkeys. That's the only thing, but yeah, I'd say that was my favorite. I love that. Yeah. I like that very lot. sour. Cause he likes the big 45 person <laughs> Christmas, Aww. but I'm an introvert. So there yes. one Christmas out of our whole life.
0: Um, my daughter, uh, insisted one year, um, you and I have talked about how she insists something and then like it, that has to have been how it was. And so like, I remember, um, I gave up a long time ago thinking Christmas food needed to be a big deal. Um, Because we generally host Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And so since that just happened and it's like my birthday, then Thanksgiving, then my daughter's birthday, then Christmas, I'm like, by the time I get to Christmas, I'm like, F you all. And so growing up, my very favorite part of Christmas dinner was that um, my grandmother and her siblings would pass around like Christmas so we would go like right before Christmas and when part of our family stuff is that there's always snack out so there's cheese and crackers and party mix and like other things I wouldn't eat like deviled eggs and stuff like who's eating that Uh, (laughs) I have I judge those things and then um but like I just remember like as a kid I used to my grandparents house is very small it was like. 800 square feet. So because it was two stories, we were literally in like 200 square feet with all of the family. Cause yeah. half of it was, you know, part of the, and the other half was like stairs and a yeah. tiny living room. So because I'm an only child, only child, only child, only child, the only kid there, I would sit on the stairs and read. So like I could get away with like going over to the party mix and picking out all the things that I really liked. And then like, I would just sit and like eat cheese and crackers and like read my book. And so for Christmas, our meal, we always do snack. So we have cheese and crackers and vegetables and dip and chips and salsa and, you know, frozen pizza, whatever, like, but my daughter is convinced that our tradition has always been to have a big breakfast on Christmas, which is hilarious to me because it's not true. And so when she was in first grade, we had done it like once. Mm -hmm. And then the tea, they did one of those, like, what's your favorite, whatever after the holiday, like, what's your favorite holiday tradition. And she was like that. We always have a big Christmas. I'm like, we literally did it two weeks ago. That was the first time we did that. And so now, because I don't love food immediately in the morning does not do well with me. And so like, I kind of have to ease into eating for the day. Like I eat a little something I need, you know, but like, that's the thing now, every Christmas I have to, but the exciting thing is that I now am the proud over of an complete adult. So like he actually will be able to do that this year because he really likes to cook that meal. Right. So that will be wonderful. So, but the, the very best thing is Thanksgiving meal to me, Mm. um, which is the Christmas meal that you are describing that you guys do, that's what we would have like at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So that is actually my favorite meal of the year is Thanksgiving, but it's not necessarily the meal. It's the sandwich that I get to make later in the evening because I, my physical body, you understand this, can't take a lot of food at once so I actually am not the person that has like Mm -hmm. all of the things all over my plate and I like can't breathe afterward or I won't make it Mm -hmm. and so like I'm the only person who's actually hungry at night because we eat our Thanksgiving meal at noon okay so we don't eat late at night for everybody to eat all their stuff and we always used to that was because my my dad's mom used to go home she lived like an hour away and my dad would have to drive her home and then drive back after Thanksgiving meal and we were like we're not doing that at 10 o'clock at night Um, but we also put the Christmas tree up growing up Thanksgiving is the only day of the year when I was growing up that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would be with my mom's family, which was the family I wanted to be with. Mm -hmm. The rest was all up in the air to my father's like whim of the moment and what he thought would hurt my mother most. So like that was, I knew I would be there. I knew that would be the meal I would have with these things that I knew were familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I can't eat half of them now because gluten. Um, but the very worst meal I've ever had is that um, my husband's family are cat people, and um, this is not meant to be offensive to the cat people out there. I'm very impressed that you were gravitating toward us because I don't believe that I ooze cat people vibe. Um, so I'm gonna blame that on you even though you're not a cat person <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Like an you're a
1: people person. You're
0: not <laughs> you you do not personally have an, an array of cats. you have two very adorable puppies. but like um I was raised to be polite in a very specific way when eating at other people's homes. but one thing, I can't be okay with ever is like a kitchen not being pristine. Mm -hmm. Um, And my in-laws have had various numbers of cats since I've been with my husband. And it is very difficult for me to eat any of the meals. Mm -hmm. Because I've watched the cats like walk across the counter while it's been being cooked. Mm -hmm. And that to me isn't like your kitchen's not pristine. That's like you just let an animal that poops in a box and then uses its feet To cover all of that up and walked all over the ground indoors and outdoors where people's shoes have been, because the rule is not like my house was growing up, which is you do not wear shoes in this house. Mm -hmm. And I am not okay with whatever domino effect of what has ended up where I am. And so anything that I've had to eat that I know has come in contact with animal paws is probably the worst meal that I've ever eaten and it's not because the food is bad Mm -hmm. it's because I can't get over that the environment is bad (laughs) (laughs) you said it I didn't um but but like Also, when I was in third grade, we went to Orlando because my dad was the high school guidance counselor and it was part of his job description to be um, the head chaperone of the senior class trip every year and every year they came down to Orlando and then went to Daytona Beach and it was a thing. And when I was in third grade, they were down a chaperone. So my mom somehow got roped into going, which meant I had to go mm-hmm. because of the custody Apparently. agreement that we had with my father. I wasn't actually allowed to stay overnight anywhere. My mother wasn't present. So I had to go right. with them. Um, which was cool. Cause it meant I got to go like on a vacation to Disney world, but, um, in true 18 year old asshole fashion, uh, the students, uh, were broken up into groups because safety and numbers Mm -hmm. and the girls who got grouped with one of the foreign exchange students weren't thrilled that they had like been grouped with the kind of like nerdy male foreign exchange student. And they left him in Disney. Like they just left him somewhere, but he didn't speak English. And so like, they, we had to wait until the entire park closed so they could sweep the park for people who were left to find him. Yeah. And we were supposed to leave and like go to this dumb co- go-kart place and then get dinner. But because everybody had, we got to see the fireworks, which I had wanted to see. So I was kind of like, he, he, ha, ha. But by the time we got back to the hotel, nobody had eaten. Right. And they ordered Domino's Pizza, which might not sound weird to a lot of people, but I grew up in New York State. Oh. So you simply, I had very literally never eaten a piece of pizza from a chain other than Pizza Hut because Book It, if everybody's heard of that, and you get a personal pan pizza, you like read books in elementary school and then you get a coupon for Anyway, I had literally, ne- first of all, I'd never seen a Papa John's, a Little Caesars, a Domino's. Like I'd never seen one because of where I grew up. So I'd only eaten in like pizza places where like the grandfather was working there and the father and all the high school students were pissed. It was Friday night and they were working that like I had never been anywhere else. And it came and it was freezing cold and the crust was burned. And my parents and I were like, You know, whatever the equivalent of the fuck is this in my third grade mind was what we were all like, how did this happen? And so like, that is literally the worst piece of food I have ever put into my mouth.
1: Fair.
0: Anyway, that was a lot, but I'm very passionate about food and I like food, (laughs) obviously. Thing you couldn't grasp that feels ridiculous. It was so hard to grasp now. I know specifically what happened. Like, you know, I never know why I put the thing in. I know exactly. Okay, you
1: go first then.
0: (laughs) Well, everybody just heard me talk for a very long time. They're like, the whole thing is listening to a podcast and listening to people talk. (laughs) Um, I was talking to my son and this particular story came up. So when I was in kindergarten and we were learning our left from our right, which you might've heard this, I might've told you this too at some point. Um, they gave us a red ring to put on. I only told you personally this story though, right? Not yeah. on the podcast yet. Well,
1: no, I think it was just me.
0: Okay. They gave us a red ring to put on our right hand. Get it? R-R. Red, right. Okay. Everybody's with me so far. So they would be like, raise your right hand. Like raise your right foot. Put your left foot in. Hokey pokey all around. Whatever. And so, but then it would be like, let's turn around and face the flag, raise your right hand, blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, well, my right hand was over here when I was facing the other way. So clearly now this is my right hand. You people are a bunch of idiots now, clearly like I, when I have told this story to like professionals in my life, they're like the The problem with this was it was developmentally like this particular, not because I believe I'm developmentally superior and so far advanced, but like in this particular instance, developmentally, that was so far off
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that like the teachers didn't understand what I wasn't understanding about it. And so like, they weren't grasping that I was actually grasping like North, South, East, West, like this stays the same, no matter where you are, these directionals stay the same. So like my teacher couldn't help me because she didn't understand what, what was going on in my mind as to why that was this over here. And then, and so like now clearly not that I don't, a thousand times a week go like this and lay like, okay, left the one that makes the L got it. But like, it's f- clear that that is so stupid. And even like, even kids that were like, still not being able to get in a line in May. We're like, this is your right hand. They gave you a ring. Just raise the one with the ring on it. Like, why? This can't be hard. But because I have to understand something to sell out to it, I was like, I will not simply raise my hand with the ring on it because they're asking me to. Like, somebody's going to have to get in here and dig in and explain why this is the way that it is. So. I didn't understand my right from my left for quite some time past when it was appropriate. And also I have to count on my fingers still as an adult, like my daughter laughs at me because she can do like, she is math is like her thing and she just gets it. And last night we were playing cribbage and like, as you go around, you say the number of points that it is now, which is like my worst nightmare. And she like, put it, put an eight down. as was like at 16 or whatever. And then I was like, it's eight. <laughs> like so I'm never going to get that no matter what.
1: Um I would say for me I would probably have to go math because when I get it I get 100% in every class. Like it's infallible. But when I don't get it I get like an F in every like I just cannot like my brain works in a very different way than most people and so I need a very specific type of teacher who can understand how my brain makes connections with things and so like in grade nine um I like barely got through math barely got through and so I was like okay cool like I'm not gonna take the university level math I'm gonna take the college level math um because maybe like I have to have it to graduate (laughs) like I need to do the one that I can do um And so I switched to the college level math uh, teacher for the next year. And she was amazing. She like brought us in goldfish crackers to do like complicated math. And I aced her class, like to the point where she sat me down at the end and was like, cool. So you're going to summer school because you're going to be doing university level math. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So I went to like I went to summer school, upgraded to university math, pulled it 100% again, got to the next year and i couldn't understand the teacher like so she was from china and i just i could not put together a single word that she was saying it was hard enough for me to process because i was so far behind just in basic language um that i just couldn't understand a word she was saying the concepts were not making sense she couldn't help me they had to bring in another math teacher to like reteach me all of her classes in my special ed class and I just was not getting it was like this makes no sense and my mom was getting so mad um she's like why are you bringing home all these marks and like you were getting 100% I'm like why are you slacking on all of these things like you're ruining your life whatever um and then the teacher had to call my mom to tell her that I had failed the class and my mom was like okay so your math teacher called and I couldn't understand a single thing she said <laughs> So like, you don't have to go to that class anymore. You can just do summer school, aced it again. Um, I had the same thing happen with biology where I had teachers who basically just read the textbook to you. and That was the class. And so I got like an A with Mr. Onions. Awesome. Nailed it. Got an F the next year. The tricky part with that one though, was that the teacher failed all the kids with an ISP every single one, she failed. Not one of us were passing, even though we were standing the same things. My mom got really mad. She went to the school and said, "My like my kid got an A last year. Why is she failing this year? That makes absolutely no sense because I love science. Like so I was totally emotionally invested. And so they did an investigation and she was definitely failing all the special ed kids just for shits and giggles. So we ended up having another teacher have to come in and remark all of our stuff. Got an A again. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. So like I would say the hardest thing that I struggle with is math. It was really hard in university because I had to do my statistics class in order to be able to do postgraduate studies. Um I'm like, that is some high level math. <laughs> like, and so I was really struggling and I was working like full-time at Tim Hortons while I was kind of doing the things there. And so I ended up having to like practice on the coffee pods. So like anytime there was downtime, I was like, so I worked with a chemical engineer and so she would be like, just quizzing me on stuff. She'd be throwing a question and be writing it on the pot and she would check in, like, show me your math and all this thing. We had lots of customers who came Like everyone knew everyone there. I'd been working there for years. Everyone was a regular, like, random people would be coming and you're like, oh, like you're learning this, this thing this week. That's so cool. Here's a, here's a question for you. And I was writing it out like, I can't even imagine what the boss was thinking, looking, at the, <laughs> looking at the camera with me doing math and all the pots for like three months. But it's the same thing. Like when people tell me in a way that my brain can make the connections, I can do whatever, like ace it, no problem. But it's like basic concepts in math. Like I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And like, now they're all gone from my brain. So when I go and do my PhD, like, I don't know how we're going to hack the math part. (laughs) Like, that's going to be interesting. I know it got in there once. It can get in there again. Oh, for sure. Oh, Oh Lordy.
0: (laughs) If you need help, call my dad. Because even if he doesn't already know it, if you send him your textbook, he'll learn it. Honestly, I might do that. (laughs) I mean, no, but seriously. No, but seriously.
1: Hi, Rachel's dad.
0: No, (laughs) and my mom. Both um will your mom edit my thesis for me yes yes she would actually but she's gonna make you use the the oxford
1: comma oh i already use the oxford comma so that's not a problem for me
0: i'm like i remember being like you take points off for my oxford comma you can have them because i will go to i will die with my oxford comma you cannot stop me now yeah. she will tell you flat out she doesn't know um like the formatting for you know scientific writing is so that's
1: okay Eric's mom said that that's she not a problem
0: but any of the other things oh for sure if someone check parents. my
1: spelling that would be awesome
0: <laughs> oh geez I just like haha my papers right across my desk don't lose yeah. them um I don't know where this came from, but it wasn't me. It was from an outside source. So it was either you or the interwebs. Um, Most recent moment that changed your life in a big way.
1: I think for me, this is like super recent is um, like because Eric does like lighting, programming and designing. And so he used to go on tour. All the time, like he was only home for one or two months of the year. Sometimes, like they were like, "We're gonna take your like oh hip away. <laughs> like you're not actually a Canadian anymore." <laughs> like, um and then like Coco RoRo hit, and he was just home all the time, uh, and that was really hard for us at the beginning because we were not used to having another human in our space all the time, and like having to coordinate schedules all the time. Um, like I coach from home and our dogs both have like full blown anxiety disorders. Like they need medication. Like they're not okay. We love them anyways. Um, but like we had, we got to the point where like we were trying to coordinate like him actually physically coming and going from our home because anytime he opened the door, the dogs would just lose it. And that's not fair to my clients. Um, and so like having to literally orchestrate every minute of every day was just exhausting. Um, So I think that was a really big change for us that happened recently. And then um, a couple of days ago, he got told that he was getting like this huge major tour and it's like, they're booked into 2024. (laughs) And so this will probably be the longest he's ever been gone for consecutively and that again like I just got used to having you here right used to having you here like well yeah. like like, it was just like a random Wednesday he was like hey like I got this awesome gig it's like my dream job it's booked into 2024 and like we already like he got it from our friend so we already know what the schedule's like he's gonna have like one week off occasionally and because he's retainer they can call him back at any time and so that's gonna be our lives for the next two years um but like I said, it's his dream job. And so of course I'm super proud of him and be like, okay, like, yeah, get out, get out. <laughs> Give me my personal space. Like go have fun. Um, but I would say that that's kind of the biggest thing, um, that shifted for us was him shifting back in and being like, ew, I'm not used to having another person in this bed with me. Like you take up too much room, sir. Like, how dare you breathe on me in the middle of the night? Like that is not appropriate. The audacity. And then to have him kind of, like, fuck off again. I'm like, well, I have mixed feelings because I liked having you here. But also, I would like some personal space. (laughs) Yeah. Now no one can yell at me for working 24 hours a day.
0: (laughs) Yes. That makes total sense. I definitely, I mean, you know that we have led similar lives in the amount of time away situation. (laughs) Um, But yes, I remember after... um, I mean, Rob retiring like changed our whole existence, but then like, if he had to go one place, you know, for even for like a few days, I would be like, oh my gosh, this ruins my life. Because now like, because when he was active duty, we never created a schedule that depended on him. So even when he was home, none of the schedule depended on him. On purpose, because it was too hard for me, back and forth. Let me just have to deal with everything all of the time because having support and then having it ripped out from under me is more disturbing to the schedule than just like I do the things. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously he hasn't had to go for any real length of time, but just the disruption to the situation as I blow my nose, you're welcome. Everybody that accidentally didn't just listen to this. Um, (laughs) but Huh. You know what's really interesting is my son graduated from high school last year. And I thought that would feel bigger, right? Because I had him so young. And I remember when um at some point when I after I'd had my daughter and she was little and my son was older, because they're like six and a half years apart. Um sometimes I think it's seven and a half. It's not, it's six and a half. Um, but somebody had been saying like how old they would be when their kid graduated and i remember being like oh i'm going to be 38 when my kid graduates which is like the age most people already were at whatever age our kids were at the time you know and so but what's really interesting is that um that didn't really impact me. I was very excited for him. I was very, very excited to see what he was going to decide to do, to see where he was going to decide to go. And of course I was a little pissed because he didn't get to have, because of COVID and because of then like his extenuating medical circumstances, like he didn't have the free reign we thought he would have, which is a funny thing to say, because His medical stuff already would have dictated some places being right out to begin with um, because the uh, unaliving rate, accidental unaliving rate of kids with food allergies is exponentially high in their like very late high school and college years. And part of that college stuff is just colleges lie and claim things that aren't true. And then your kid really isn't safe. And you have a, you know, a ridiculous view of what reality is safety wise. Um, But I really believe he ended up where he would have ended up anyway, even if he'd had, you know, um, because it's where he should be, um, which I would never have told him, but like, and so, um, but what was really interesting is that didn't I had no feelings about that. Really. I was just really excited. Um, which is exactly how I felt when I got out of high school was like, peace out bitches. Absolutely not. I didn't want to be here while I was here. Goodbye. Um, but he just finished his freshman year and I was like, that hits different. Like he's going to turn 20 in September. Like he's a whole grown ass person. Already. I mean, he doesn't have his whole brain, but like, he's, he's an actual legitimate person now. Um, but I think this one feels different in my body because I literally turned 20 and not a whole two months later, I got married Mm -hmm. and nine months later I had him. So like he graduated from high school, exactly 21 years after I did, I was a 2000 you know, graduate person. And he was, you know, 21. And so like, it just feels different that like, he's not going into college. He's not in his freshman baby year of college. Like he's legitimately in college now. And we're like coming into the, the mid range of that. And so that definitely, um, I don't know that it changed my life, but it definitely makes my life feel different. Than it's felt. Um, so that's been interesting. But we are not ever going to get through all of these. I ho- 36 seasons later.
1: <laughs> Challenge accepted.
0: Proudest moment.
1: Ooh. do you have one?
0: Um, I mean, I probably have a, a few if I look at them from a perspective of knowing that I should have felt that way. Cause you know, that I cannot, um, I, I can't, uh, connect to like any of my own accomplishments really. Um, I think that I was going to say, oh, when I was like given my air force ROTC scholarship, but I actually think it was more when I learned that I had gotten it. Then it like so, like it wasn't important to me to be given that in front of other people. Of course, my grandfather got to see me present it. So, like that was it was proud for me to see like him getting to see that come to fruition. But I think it was just like knowing that I had gotten it myself was a pretty like stellar situation. Um, I definitely had big feelings when my husband retired, um, because his career did not go exactly as we would have wanted or planned and um, none of it had to do with his ability or the type of officer he was or anything else. I watched people in much higher positions be useless as leaders, as people, (laughs) as like, you know, just like, just not it. And so much in the military, which I don't know that a lot of civilians in our country really realize this, but like so much of whether you advance in your career is what year you came in. So like, if they have lots of spots for something that year, then like that's not everything is all things created equal every single time. And so like, uh, Plus the uh, jet, my husband originally flew when he got commissioned and the jet he flew when he retired were two different planes. And um, some of the guys transitioned where squadrons and squadron leaders were very welcoming and didn't treat them different and didn't like dick them over. And he just accidentally didn't happen to get into that. Um, And so like, You know, he dealt with leadership that didn't like that he had a good marriage when we were first married because they were divorced or like there was so many strikes and he didn't. I mean, he advanced, but he didn't advance the way he really should have if people weren't being idiots Mm -hmm. Um, and it never like he wasn't bitter he wasn't resentful he wasn't angry and he, it didn't affect his performance like he worked the same way as if they'd given him all of the things if when they didn't and so like watching him retire retire knowing that other people who genuinely didn't deserve the positions they were given got it because oopsie boopsie chance Mm -hmm. made it happen for them and it wasn't because of who they were or what they had done um like I was very proud of that plus I felt like I had done some equal amounts of work
1: yes and I was like
0: thank god we're all done (laughs) like both of us are done nobody died we made it like (laughs) thank goodness
1: yeah I think for me I have like a two-parter and they're both about school. Most of my like, aha, got yous are about school. <laughs> and again, like it's because it came from a place where no one expected anything from me. Like there was no expectation. Um, and people were very vocal in my life, like growing up, like we, we expect nothing from you. Like just try and make it out. Try, try and eke your way out of there if possible. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure I've had lots of moments that I'm proud of, but like when you said it, the first two things that came to mind were um in my second last year of school I did a directed reading which is where um you and a professor agree on a topic and you spend the entire year like the whole thing fall springs whatever um basically writing a, a thesis paper about something mm-hmm. and it's like all self-directed study it's all like you just you have the idea they check on you halfway through they check at you they check on you at the end um and I had done a really cool project with this professor um, in summer school before. Um, and it was just about um, the way that Mary, like the Virgin Mary made her way back to heaven when she, was, um, when she died um, and sort of like the theories around that. And he thought that the presentation was good enough that he offered me this directed reading. He was like, do you want to look more into that? Because that was really cool, you did a really good job. Um, he's like, do you just want to spend a year researching that. Um, And so I did. And I came up with this paper where I tracked every mention of it that I could track down. There were hundreds and hundreds of books that I read. um, And I came up with there were like three different branches of how she sort of went to heaven some of them are that she didn't die she just walked into heaven like the chariot came and got her an angel carried her um but the idea is I tracked it down to what as close to the original story as we could and then sort of watched it branch out as it traveled different places and it went through translations and things like that and um sort of giving interpretations or opinions about why that might have shifted and what else was happening sort of around that um and without telling me (laughs) My professor, when I had submitted the paper, um, submitted it for this essay prize. And the essay prize is for the best paper written in the religion and humanities departments. So it's a huge, like two huge departments, and it's like the best essay out of everyone. And so I got this random piece of paper in the mail. It's like, congratulations, you won like five hundred dollars, and you get this prize, and like please come to this fancy thing, and we'll give you your certificate, and you can shake people's hands and take pictures and stuff. And there, are, there's hors d'oeuvres. Um, and so that made me feel really proud because I wasn't even in that department. <laughs> like this was something that I was kind of doing for fun, on the the aside side because it was, I I like rabbit holing about things. Um, and so to win the best of everyone prize in an apartment that that I didn't even belong to, um, felt like I had kind of come into my own. And I was like, maybe I actually am smart. Like maybe the rest of you just don't know how to teach me. (laughs) Like, and if you just leave me alone, like maybe I actually have something, um, worth fighting for here. like this was not my only A, like I aced my way through university just because I had sort of figured out how I learned and it was ignoring everything I learned in class and then just going and figuring everything out on my own. Um, so it happens people when you do the readings, (laughs) like you get smart. (laughs) Um, so then the year after that, I did my placement. Um, and so I didn't really do any academics, but sort of going through overall when I graduated, I didn't know Like, this is from where I come from. People don't even go to university. So I had no idea that they like separated you into classes. And so I graduated and I like, I heard my name wrong. Rude. (laughs) Like they did not get my name correct. Um, Did not enjoy that. But then they announced that it was magna cum laude. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, oh, like oops, I hope that I hope that's a good thing. Right. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't sure know now, right? <laughs> also, I came out with a label. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it was okay. Like, um, my grandfather came to my graduation and he's somebody who's very, very important in my life. Um, if there was one person on this planet other than my partner that I wanted to impress or have value with, it's definitely him. Um, And he was just like streaming down the face. And I was like, oh my God, you're broken. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's happening here. And he was like, you didn't tell us you didn't tell us that you graduated second in your class. And I was like, is that what that means? I was like, wait, who's the first person? And they were like, oh, like there's, it's like summa cum laude. And so I looked in the program and there were only two people who had achieved that in the entire program. And they were the part-time people. And it was because there was so much chaos going on all the time. I was like, well, that makes sense because you actually had time to write your shit. Right? <laughs> okay, i that, I'll give okay. myself a this one time that perhaps if I got to do my classes two at a time, instead of eight at a time, I might've gotten Correct. more A plus pluses. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> um, But I think that that was ingrained in my body is my first fuck you moment where I was like, you all said I wasn't going to go anywhere. And here I am at, like the top of the fucking class fuck all of you. And I feel like that's where my little like ragey feminist was really born because I think it was the first time that I realized that people were just having opinions about me and they didn't actually have to be true. Um, and so that kind of unlocked a space for me to grow into a different type of adult than I think I might have otherwise. Um, just because people are shitty. Um, and just because you're surrounded by shitty people who think that you're not capable of things doesn't mean that that's true. Um, and I know it sounds kind of like, I don't know, I hokey's not the right word. Um, but that's what's coming to mind. I know it feels like it's kind of like this is a stream in my life where I'm very much like, fuck you, I'm gonna rock this. Um, but like from where I came from, like it makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't feel like That is who I am as like an everyday person. I think this space is very much like with the very pointed questions, bringing it out. Um, I swear I'm a well-rounded human. (laughs) I'm not always like rah, rah, fuck you. (laughs) I am, but I I keep it on the inside.
0: Like, wait a
1: minute. (laughs) Privately, it's usually on the inside. But yeah, I think that those are my first two proudest moments. And that was somebody external who didn't care about me, Mm -hmm. Um, like who had nothing to gain from being like, no, you get this, you get this good job sticker. Um, I think that those are definitely something that I can point to and be like, yeah, I was really proud of myself in that moment.
0: I like those. Thank you. And it's true because F you to people who decide other things (laughs) about other people.
1: Yeah. Like especially when they're the reason that you're, you're not feeling capable. Right. Right. (laughs) Cause the problems are like, well, you're not, well, I don't know. You're not going and you're obviously broken.
0: Right. No, you're just bad at what you're do. Yeah. yeah. Like if anybody here is considering being an educator and has heard any of these things and thought that's unreasonable to feel that way, you shouldn't be an educator, (laughs) pick something new. As the daughter of two educators who has seen a lot of teachers, but very rarely an educator, I will tell you, if you feel like the teachers were right in any of these situations, you should pick a new job. Um, <laughs> I said what I said. Um, day. <laughs> I don't know if this is like a day versus. <laughs> of your life or of the week. Um, let's. Let's do day of your life. No, I'm just kidding. I, there's not a snowball's chance in hell. I could figure that out. Um, let's do day of the week. All right.
1: I feel like I'm very much a Thursday girl. Yeah. Like I really like Thursdays because you're in enough of the week that you're kind of like winding down and feeling chill, but like also you're not into the like different kind of work on the weekend like I really like having a garden but it's so much manual labor like we have over a hundred feet of garden here I know that because I had to buy oh, a wow foot weed <laughs> mat. It's like we have a lot like because we have like a border garden around our house, then we have a border around our backyard. like there's a lot of garden happening. And while it's lovely when it's all blossoming and nice, like there's a lot of manual labor that goes into that. And so like, well, I like the weekend, it's just a different kind of hard work for me, especially because my partner's gone most of the time. So like, it's like cleaning out garbage cans and stuff. I don't really like, so I like Thursday because it feels chill enough, but it also feels like we're still in the work week and I don't have to deal with any of that crap.
0: Yes. I am also a Thursday person because that is the first night of my weekend. Because I don't work on Fridays. Right. Um, generally speaking, unless you're like a VIP client and you need a thing from me, and then I will basically do it. No, like me, I work on all the days. Um, like I will basically do what you need me to do because I love you. Um, but That's not to say if I've ever told you, I wouldn't see you on a particular Friday that you're not my favorite people. It was probably a real thing that particular Friday, but my husband doesn't work on Fridays either because he works for very long days for the government instead of five, not as long days for the government. So like the kids are not all like ready to be up a little later and doing the thing. So it's a night that we actually get like, Mm -hmm. A moment because he can stay up a little later, I can stay up a little later because we don't have to be up at the time we normally are up. And then also like our people still have to do their things because it's like a school night and a whatever. Also, I feel the energy of ending very heavily in my body and Saturday already feels like the weekend is over to me. Because once Sunday is actually here, it's over. And so, like, I like the feeling of the very beginning and the end feels so far away.
1: Yeah. It's almost like when you go on vacation and it's almost more fun waiting for the vacation. Yeah. Two more days. Two more days. One more day. And the actual vacation is exhausting.
0: Yes. (laughs) Why do I like this? Yes. And when I go to New York, I always cry on the way home. So, Mm -hmm. like yeah and all of the people are like oh my gosh what's wrong with her oh what is your favorite curse word we did this oh yeah obviously fuck (laughs) clearly Ah. the clear winner i'm sorry i didn't mean to move on but i'm like now i'm feeling the pressure because the end of the season is here i'm I'm feeling the ending and there's so many things to get through oh should i not have told
1: you it was the last one
0: no probably not (laughs) no i knew it was coming because because of because of when it was
1: <laughs> um
0: outfit you had growing up that you really like felt yourself in like this is this is the outfit like i'm feeling this particular clothing situation
1: interesting i feel like i went through so many phases of clothes Like, because like, we've talked about this before a little bit, but like in high school in particular, I was really popular. Like I fit everywhere because I was a chameleon and really was not investing like myself in anywhere. And so like looking through, like I had a friend send me a bunch of pictures um just from like parties that like, he did a bunch of theme parties we were neighbors and so I was always invited and like he just sent me like a slew of part like things that he had found on a hard drive and was like oh my god we were so weird <laughs> like and the outfits in this thing was just crazy like ah weird fashion I like oh uh, and it's starting to come back and I'm like no <laughs> no nope.
0: like, it was a bad choice I, the first time around
1: <laughs> yeah what did I feel what feels like my outfit I had this gray dress. So like, we've talked about this before. I've been on a whole bunch of medications that just wreck my body. Like I've gained over a hundred pounds. And so I really struggle to feel comfortable on my body because it swings by like 20 or 40 pounds, like every couple of months, like it's really intense feeling like you look in a mirror and you never look like yourself because you never look the same for more than 10 days in a row. Um, And when I was at my biggest, I had this gray dress like I worked in a really upscale law firm so, like there was definitely an expectation about how you looked and I had this one dress, it was like a little like boat neck, it had no sleeves, so I could always wear a sweater with it and it had this little like black belt and like a little flare, like it just fit me perfectly and it didn't really matter to me. You know, when I was wearing that thing, it was kind of like I had put my armor on for the day because I knew like that was as good as my body was going to look and that was as confident as I was going to feel and part of my job was hiring people and so I always wore that as like my power suit. When I was going in and trying to do anything as a person of authority, especially because when I was a manager, I was very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like 25 in charge of 15 people who could be my parents. And so there was always a bit of, like, I definitely overheard them one time calling me their child leader, which like, oh, my feelings, <laughs> I didn't mean to, <laughs> like, it didn't, I didn't ask for this. I actually really just came here to scan things. <laughs> I wanted a nothing job and I have so much authority, <laughs> don't know what to do with it um but yeah that one dress was so nice and I had this one pair of high heels that never ever hurt my feet they were just magic um and schnitzel ate them it's the only pair of shoes he's ever eaten And I think it's because I cried so much when he broke them that he was like oh like is that a no is that like awful is this a boundary (laughs) like okay cool and he's never like not a single shoe since then like he'll walk around with them sometimes um but he's just like putting them in different places he's like the same with pancake trying to unmake the bed he's like these don't go like these shouldn't be together this one should be over here (laughs) And so like he just rearranges the stuff sometimes um which is fine but he's like very careful with the shoes after I had like a definite nervous breakdown. <laughs> I feel like that's my oh, chef's kiss. Like when I lost all the weight and like I donated it because I was like, this, this thing is magic. Someone else needs to have this. Um, but that was the only thing that I can like remember being sad that I had to let go of. It. And I didn't know at the time that you could just like take it to a seamstress and have them remake it. Or I would still have it. Right. I was devastated to find that out later. It's like <laughs> Oh F (laughs) but yeah I think that that's definitely my power suit
0: I don't know that I can think of anything as an adult I think that I've had such a struggle with my body that like it's fine like clothes are fine but I can very distinctly remember um like I did not grow up being allowed to have the trendy things because um we had no money for a while, my mom and I, but also she didn't grow up in a household with a ton of money. So like you had like a few really good things and not a lot of other things. Like the things you had probably were going to last five more people after you. Mm -hmm. And so like, I wasn't allowed to have like a pair of jeans from old Navy. I like you know, I had like a pair of jeans from Eddie Bauer because Mm -hmm. my mom could wash them 100,000 times and they weren't going anywhere. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: like, I didn't have trendy clothes because my stuff came from Land's End, L.L. Bean, which like sounds snotty because they're not inexpensive clothes. But like, also I was never um, straight, like I was never straight shaped and then grew curves. Like I always had a booty and hips always. So like women's size clothes fit me after puberty Mm -hmm. when that wasn't, that wouldn't have fit a majority of the girls in my high school. And so like that worked out well because I had a boyfriend whose family also like was very, you know, those, those brandings were Mm -hmm. on brand, but like I remember when I went into ninth grade, my mom, we, we used to go shopping, um, at a mall in Connecticut because it was just far enough away that it wasn't where everybody like this, the places everybody had to go. Um, but I remember I was allowed to buy like these, um, this like army green, like vest with a collar that had like these brought like brassy snaps on it and like, um, green pants that went with it. And I thought like, that was the best thing I'd ever gotten. Um, but also I had one pair of black pants when I was teeny tiny in high school. Cause I was like running cross country and like all of these other things. And like, Um, they were probably the pants that got me most attention I remember wearing them when I was um, in high school to a college open house and actually meeting somebody that I like went on a couple dates with in college when I finally got to where they were to in those pants Um, but I would like I felt myself in those pants which was probably why like anybody paid attention to me because it wasn't because I was like so trendy or fashionable Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but they were like very skinny ankle black pants with like the zip on the side and nobody else had them because they were women's pants yeah you know all right this isn't now we're getting down to like the favorite least favorite I feel like I feel like we wanted you like one more but I don't know this is like favorite moment. And I feel like we've had the word moment in a lot of things. Can we like make an executive decision that this is not the thing to end on?
1: Yeah. Here's, okay. here's a question for you here. Let's go oh on this. What is something that a person has done for you to show you that they love you with no words?
0: Oh man. Hmm. hmm. Okay. This is not going to be the best maybe example or like whatever, but um, no, I don't know. I don't know if that's the one I want to use. I have a very specific thing, but it's not something I'm willing to share. (laughs) That's fair. Um, fair. (laughs) But um, because I'm a person who is not okay with injustice, I would very literally say anytime somebody has stopped somebody else from behaving at me a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I don't enjoy toxic masculinity, there is something to be said for somebody that can be a little bit assertive. And, um, I definitely have had like partners in my life that have behaved that way and like, not let the things happen to me. Um, I could probably list a thousand things from like any of my my mom or my grandmother or my, you know, so, um, I don't know, Amy, that's hard. So when I was in high school, I had to take chemistry and, um, I hate saying that. Here's the deal. No, it's just true. The teacher was not great. And that was not the subject that she was actually certified to be teaching science-wise. So it also was a bad choice for her. Um, but also I grew up where there were some politics and the fact that I wasn't like a, from a popular family in town didn't always help me with any of the teachers either. But the summer before I took chemistry, my dad brought um, the, chem note, the chem textbook home and read the whole textbook so he would be able to help me the next year because he knew that I would probably personally, my learning style would probably struggle with the learning, or the the teaching term used loosely style of that particular teacher, but also my dad has read me, um, has read to me at bedtime my entire life. So, and I do mean like when I came home from college to get married, nineteen years old, twenty years old, he would read to me. So, like every night before I went to bed. From the time that my parents got married until I was out of my physical house, he read to me at night, like age appropriate books. Yeah. Like, he, I can remember in middle school him reading me The Yearling, and like, but he read me all of the Little House on the Prairie books. Like, but he read to me every single night before I went to bed.
1: That's lovely. That's love.
0: I love that. I mean, honestly, my dad, who's my stepfather, I could name 100,000 things of that for him because um, he didn't have to care about me. He could have just been in it for my mom. And I knew that he wasn't from the very beginning when my parents were still just dating and we didn't have any money. Um, I, he took us, he took a friend and I to Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday. I would never have gotten to go someplace like that if my family had had to pay for it at the time. But like my dad paid for my freshman year of college with money that he had saved before he was ever married or ever met my mother for his future children's college educations, that he did not have to spend on me because I did not belong to him. Um, So, you know, or like he would come visit my mom for the weekend and he would take me to play tennis on the weekends and stuff. And he wasn't really spending time with my mom. He was spending time with me. Like, so I could, and his father passed when he was very young. And so he did not have an example of how to be a father. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he like, just did you know before i cry cuz now i'm on the verge I'm oh like, no excuse me while i drink my water i were not, the not first.
1: To you were not the first to cry on the podcast it's true <laughs> you're welcome you got to do my that. gosh <laughs> um i would say for me this happened a couple years ago my mother-in-law is a professor of anatomy and she was invited to speak um on remembrance day um, about, she was in a panel about the Pernkoff Atlas, which is, if you don't know, it is an anatomy textbook that was created during the Holocaust, um, and they were there to have an academic debate about whether we should be still using this or not, and they had a whole panel of people, she came in as an anatomist, they had, like, medical artists, they had surgeons, um, they had a rabbi come and speak on it, um and it was like very like solemn very like everyone is sort of like trying to treat it with as much respect as possible everyone who was in the audience for the debate was very respectful they wrote a paper about it and the premise was that um the people who owned um sort of the slates for the textbook wanted to destroy them um because they said we shouldn't have these they were made unethically like we should not be reproducing this anymore Um, and it was kind of a discussion on like, are we honoring people by destroying them? Or are we honoring people by using it, um, and using it to save lives? And so it was a very, very interesting, um, debate. Um, and I was really happy that she had invited me because I have a lot of interest in anatomy. And so I, it just seemed like a good fit. Um, I didn't know what she was going to be talking about. Um, and it was her birthday, (laughs) So I didn't know what she was going to be talking about. It was like very solemn. I was like getting very emotional about it, just sitting in the energy. Um, And she went to do her presentation about how this particular atlas of the human body has such intricate information that we rely on it because we can't find parts of the human body without that. And so she went up and she gave like a 25 minute presentation about a specific muscle in the anus. And I was dying laughing because she could have picked any muscle in the human body. And I specialize in irritable bowel syndrome. So like, I talk about butts all the time. I'm all butt jokes all the time. Um, and so she, as soon as she was like, we're going to be talking about this thing in the anus, she looked right at me and winked. And I was like, oh my God, she picked this topic for me this is so like, and then I'm like all like into the anatomy because she's talking all about how this works. And like, it's exactly up my alley. And so I got like a free lecture. Um, and afterwards we got in the car and I was like, now Missy, (laughs) like, why did you pick that particular muscle? That seems like an interesting muscle to give a presentation on. And she was like, oh, I picked it because I thought you would think it was interesting. And she's like, if you were going to sit through a three hour panel, she's like, I thought it might be a little bit. Heavy for you? She's like, I wanted to make sure that there was something that you really could dig into, um, as sort of like a grounding exercise, so that I could be kind of in the moment and be present, but kind of release a bit of that tension and just be curious for a minute. She's like, and I thought you'd think it was funny that I made a presentation about butts. (laughs) It's like I've never been so seen in my entire life. (laughs) So I feel like that is one of one of many moments in my life where I definitely felt like someone was loving me without actually. I mean she said a lot of things right without without the words I love you um it's a weird memory to cherish
0: but like I love that
1: I love it so much
0: it's kind of amazing I'm not gonna lie to you that makes me so happy Mm -hmm. yeah And there that's were some hilarious. weird faces.
1: There were some weird faces were like, "Oh, this is a weird, this is a weird muscle to pick to do your to do your presentation." <laughs> You're welcome. The weird muscle. I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> so there's that.
0: I think that's kind of the perfect space to end with butts. Yeah, <laughs> really,
1: that is perfect for us, actually.
0: <laughs> Literally, the end in every <laughs> in Literally every. <laughs> Please come back, everyone. (laughs)
1: Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye.